lots of stories uh, of God healing me in different ways and also as well seeing God healing other people. Uh, sometimes gradually over time, sometimes as part of being part of the community of faith. And of course, the greatest healing of all is actually having a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. That is the gift of eternal life, being forgiven, being saved, being rescued, being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and looking forward to life eternal in a new heaven and a new earth. But I've, I've also experienced and I've also seen God heal people, and sometimes instantaneously. I know for me, I've had moments, uh, sometimes after a meeting like this with prayer ministry, uh, suffering from severe pain for a number of months, and in a matter of seconds, boom, it's all gone. And I remember when I was the assistant minister up in Hollywood Parish, uh, during the night, uh, I was called up to um, pray with a little boy who was a few days old, called Richard, and his, his family wanted him to be prayed for and asked that he be baptized because the doctors had said that they held out very little hope for him. And so they, the doctors had said, you're best to prepare for the worst. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And uh, so uh, we baptized Richard. He was in the incubator with a little bit of bowl of water and cotton wool. And uh, we prayed for him to be healed. And from that moment, all of his vital signs started to go up and he never looked back, and he was within days or weeks out of the hospital and thriving. A number of years later, I was in the lift in the Ulster Hospital, and I recognized the mom, and she had, she had a number of children, and she had this young boy, and it was Richard, and he was just a healthy wee boy. And uh, I can say the same about my, one of my nephews. Um, when he was born, he had complications concerning breathing. Uh, and he was on 11 different ventilators. He went through all the ventilators in the Royal and eventually was shipped over to Glasgow uh, for another one over there. And uh, we were praying and there were people fasting and praying. And they said, we don't know if he'll survive. And if he does survive, there may well be complications concerning his mental capabilities. And he is now a medical student and uh, has thrived physically, mentally, uh, over this last uh, 18 years. So, who else has experienced God's healing power? You don't have to go into much detail, uh, but do tell us, encourage us with some way that God has brought healing in people's lives. Go on, be brave. Okay, Fran, you're first. <laughs> Thanks, Fran trouble with my hip and right leg and um, I had a limp. Um, I had it for quite a while and um, I was in the church and uh, my sister left her handbag on the seat and I limped down to give it to her and she said to me, Eileen has great healing power with um, joints and things and um, she asked Eileen would she pray for my hip and, and I couldn't even walk up the steps coming into the church without using the rails and Eileen prayed on me she spent quite a time with me and I literally walked out of the church walked down the steps without holding the rails and I haven't had that pain or 
her sore hips, sore ankles since she did that. And it was through God's help and I'm delighted. Fantastic. So, yeah. Brilliant, Fran. Let's give the Lord a round of applause on Fran too. Thank you, Fran. Did I see your hand up, Sybil? Yes, um, my second child, my daughter, um, was diagnosed with cancer on her kidney at the age of four, and she was treated for three years um, with chemotherapy and radiotherapy. And at the end of the three years, the doctor says, there's nothing more we can do. If we give her any more treatment, it'll damage her other organs. So they stopped the treatment and told us she had three to four months to live. Um, so she kept going for checkups, and through this whole time, we were getting prayer from ministers and friends and various groups that knew about her situation. And the three to four months came and went, um, and the doctors checked her up. Uh, they said that the cancer, which had come back on her lungs, had not developed, and that they put it down to being scar tissue on her lungs. And she's now 28 and she's, she's well and alive, and we praise God for that. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thanks, Sybil. <laughs> Anybody else? There's Bob. Brilliant, Bob. Thank you. Let me just say, Bob, as well, thank you for your lovely jam you gave me at Christmas. Delicious. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, in 2014, Noreen and I were on a cycling holiday. I overbalanced on my bike because my pack had sh shifted and dislocated my shoulder. That was the end of the cycling holiday. It became a walking holiday after that. Um, and it was sh shortly after that I started attending the parish. And Noreen said, go up for prayer for your shoulder, which I did. Uh, I, at that stage, I couldn't lift my arm above about there. And uh, the prayer was that it would be healed like that. Well, it wasn't, but... Uh, after some physiotherapy, I found I could raise my arm as normal. But I was supposed to, uh, I, I had a torn tendon, and I was supposed to get surgery for the tendon, but the NHS was very slow about it. And uh, I had another x-ray, or uh, another scan anyway. They, they said, oh, it's, it's torn a bit more than it was. But it wasn't bothering me at all. Uh, they never came back to me. Uh, so I checked with my doctor recently, and he said, show me how much movement you've got in your arm. I showed him, he said, well, if you'd had surgery and you had a result like that, we would be delighted. So uh, it's, it, it twinges a little bit just to remind me how God has blessed me. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, nice. Great, Hazel, thank you. There you go. Um, as part of HOTS on a Wednesday morning, we can pray for people out in the street. We can pray for people in the church. And we never actually hear what happens. We will have occasions where people will come up to us in the street and say, thank you. You prayed for us many years ago. And just to let you know what has happened, the outcome. But there's one particular gentleman has been back three times. And he has come down from Bailey's Mills. And he has cancer. And he was told that there was no treatment. He was given a very short time to live. He came down one Wednesday morning with his wife. And Eileen and the team prayed for him. And he has been back twice since. The doctors are amazed that he is here. 
he is amazed. And actually, just before Christmas, he brought his daughter, who suffers from depression. So God is at work. We don't always know when he's at work. We leave it. We trust him. We leave it at the foot of the cross. And it's amazing what he does. Brilliant. Hazel, thank you. So God is a God who heals, and God is a God who heals today. I know over these last months we've been talking about just the whole, the kingdom of God venture, the, the sphere of influence of, of the Lord that is, is extending and advancing all the time. And that's because Jesus came to live and die and rise to usher in the kingdom of God on earth. As I was thinking about this recently, it's, it's like, in the Old Testament, we had glimpse, glimpses of the kingdom of God train, as it were, uh, coming towards the station, but hadn't yet arrived. And so in the Old Testament, we, we, we see moments where there are glimpses of the kingdom of God breaking in. And so, for instance, I mean, God identifies himself in Exodus chapter 15. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. That, that's his very character. He reveals his character. And also as well, that wonderful account of Naaman, the, the commander of the, of the king of Aram's army who had leprosy. And uh, we read about it in Second Kings chapter 5. And uh, one of his servant girls, he was a man of prominence and influence. And one of his servant girls said to him, if you want to be healed of that leprosy, she was, she was very brave to declare it. If you want to be healed of that leprosy, then the, the, the option, the best option for you, the only option for you is to go to the God of, of the people of Israel and go to the prophet Elisha and you'll find healing. And so off he went in his grandeur and entourage and he uh, was very nonplussed because Elisha didn't even bother coming out to meet him. Uh, the Lord had guided Elisha just to give instruction. He did, I imagine the Lord didn't want any, he didn't want Naaman thinking that Elisha had healed him. And so Elisha said, give him instruction, God will heal him if he goes and dips himself in the Jordan River seven times. And Naaman did that reluctantly. And when he came up, there's that wonderful record of his healing that says that his, his leprosy was gone, his skin was healed, his skin became like that of a young boy. Now imagine an enduring testimony of someone who has reached, I don't know what age Naaman was, he might have been in his middle, middle years, I don't know, and uh, he struggled presumably for years with leprosy, and then all of a sudden, on this particular day, dipping in the river seven times, he experiences healing. But not only that, his skin becomes like that of a young boy. If this were today, his face would be on ad after ad on TV because like no wrinkles, no blemishes, young boy skin. And okay, they didn't have the same type of mirrors in those days, but on his shiny shield or whatever it happens to be, or other people looking at Naaman, they would have gone, I know that he's probably in his 40s or 50s, but actually he looks seven years old in terms of his skin. Quite interesting for a man who's still a military leader who has the skin of a young boy leading his army and an enduring testimony to the healing power of God. With 
the birth of Jesus, which, we've, which we're still celebrating. Today is the second Sunday of the Christmas season. The train arrives into the station. And so the glimpses that we see of the kingdom of God and read about in the Old Testament, which yes, include healing, yes, include uh, raising of the dead, but they're very periodic, they're, they're glimpses. And then with the birth of Jesus, there is this amazing outworking of the work of the Holy Spirit. There is prophecy, there is praise, there is healing. And when Jesus is baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, then there is an amazing healing ministry. A quarter of the Gospels, 25% of the description of the ministry of Jesus on earth is physical healing. And so what the Gospel writers want to tell us is 25%, uh, well, let's not be exact about the various uh, things, but um, God is interested in our physical bodies. As part of his creation, he wants to see wholeness and healing. Aging, sickness, death were never part of God's creation design. And God has made us, he has made creation to thrive. Its original purpose was always to thrive. There to be health and wholeness and shalom and salvation and no death. So death and, and brokenness and sin came in through human beings, basically thumbing their nose up to God and saying, we know better than you. And God has placed in our, us as well, within the human body, wonderful powers of recuperation. So much of what the medical profession does, and we give thanks for the medical profession. There have been so many times when I have been blessed and God has healed me through the medical profession. But so much of what the medical profession do is actually just working alongside the amazing recuperative powers that the human body has. All healing ultimately comes from God. And we give thanks for all of the, the medical profession and the counseling professions that help by human inquisitiveness and learning given by God to see wholeness and healing. And so we continue to thank God and we continue to go to the medical profession and we continue to thank God for his work of healing through the medical profession, through the counseling services. And we also acknowledge the fact that God heals through giving us the wisdom to avoid danger and to seek health, that he uh, heals through um, direct means, as we've just heard this morning as well, on occasion where the medical profession says, look, there's nothing else we can do. And for us, that's not a full stop. For us, that's, uh, well, we have other recourses for healing. And so we go to the Lord, we go to his people. And as we heard today, there are those who have special gifts of healing. But all of us are called to pray for healing for the sick, just as all of us are called to share our faith. Not all of us are evangelists, but all of us are called to share our faith. Not all of us have a particular gift of healing, but all of us are called to pray for the sick for healing. And God can use any single one of us and the prayers that we pray to bring healing in other people's lives. The Bible describes people laying on hands, people gathering around people who are sick, as we already heard, gathering around people who are sick and praying for them and healing coming. 
or people being anointed with oil and healing coming. The more people we pray for, the more healing we will see. There's that wonderful account in Luke chapter 18 of Jesus approaching the city of Jericho and a man who's blind shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people tell him to keep quiet, not to bother anybody. And he shouts it all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus asks that the man be brought to him. And he says, that wonderful question, what would you like me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, the man says. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And the man amazingly, instantly can see. And he follows Jesus on the way, praising God. And other people see what's happened, and they too praise God. And so often, as, as we've said, because we had a wonderful opportunity to hear Fran's testimony of coming to faith at one of our Christmas services, and God glorifies his name and, and encourages us to trust and have faith in him, not just for the here and now, but for eternity. And he uses the ministry of healing to do that. And it's a ministry that all of us can enter into in faith in Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus ministered in the power of the Spirit. He, um, after his baptism, he, he healed people, he cured diseases, he cast out demons, he raised the dead. And then he said to his 12 disciples, as we heard in our reading, now I want you to go and do the same. Tell people about the good news, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. And so when we're praying for people, we're not using fancy words or long prayers necessarily. We're just basically saying, Lord, freely we've received of your goodness, and we pray, Lord, you'd pour out your goodness on this person for whom we're praying. This is a simple prayer. The prayers of Jesus are wonderful prayers. They're more actually just short commands. Be healed. See. Hear. It's just basically Jesus saying, Lord, Father, may it be according to your will. I, I know, Father, your will is for this person to see. Therefore, see. I know, that, Lord, this person, your, your desire is for them to hear. Hear. Um, and that's the ministry Jesus calls us into. He said the 12 out and they came back rejoicing. He said the 72 out, a wider group of disciples, they came back rejoicing. Then at the end of Matthew's gospel, he reminds the disciples saying to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go, make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And what had he commanded them to do? Tell them about the good news. The kingdom has come. The trains arrived into the station. And with that train, there is the gift of healing. It's arrived into the station. Now, the reality is for us, the kingdom of God has this present and future aspect. It has this now but not yet aspect. And that's because all the carriages have not yet come into the station. And, not, and the carriages won't be all arrived until Jesus returns. And the Bible tells us that at the return of Jesus, as he comes in power and great glory, then there will be complete healing. 
and complete salvation. That everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be completely healed. So the Bible tells us that when Jesus returns, there will be a general resurrection. In other words, every single person who has ever lived will be raised to life. And they will have a physical aspect to their body. And on that day, there will be a day of judgment. And there will be a separation from those who believe in Jesus Christ and those who don't. And those who do will inherit a new heaven and a new earth where God's reign and rule is utterly complete. And there is no death and no sickness and no crying and no mourning because that was the old way, that was the old system and the new has now come. And so when Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, when the disciples said, Lord, how do we pray? Jesus showed them how to pray this wonderfully intimate prayer to their Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It just starts with recognizing who God is, worship and prayer and intimacy and trust. And then what does he pray? May all the carriages come into the station. He doesn't actually say that. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, the future perfect kingdom of God where everything will be right, there will be complete justice and complete healing and complete life. May that future reality come into the here and now. Often we think of heaven as a place. The Bible, in a way, would have us more believe that heaven is a future reality that impinges upon the here and now, now. And so that's why we pray, bring it on. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And so whenever, whenever we're praying for healing, whenever the prayer team are going to pray for healing and blessing during and after the service, effectively what the team are saying is, your kingdom come. Your perfect will of the future happen in the here and now. And the more we ask for that to happen, the more we will see it happen. We won't see complete wholeness and healing in this world, in this age. That's for the age to come. And so sometimes we will pray and pray and pray, and sometimes we will not see the healing that we would love to see. Sometimes we pray and pray and it takes time, but we do see it and it's gradual as we've heard today. Sometimes it will be instantaneous and people here and myself have, have experienced instantaneous healing. The more we pray, the more we will see healing and we have this opportunity to give glory to God. So this morning... I suppose that Bible story was the one that came to mind for me. I wonder what it is in your life or in the life of your family or your friends where, where you want to say today, I'm not having it. Like that man beside Jericho. And people were telling him to shut up. And he said, I'm not having it because I don't believe that this circumstance is the one that God desires. I don't believe God wants me blind. 
And so he just kept shouting out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Perhaps you want to make that your prayer this morning for yourself or for someone known to you. And you want to say, Jesus, Savior, Healer, Son of David, Son of God, have mercy on me. Create a disturbance. Say you're not happy with the status quo. And humbly ask in faith that God would do something about it. Or perhaps there's someone known to you and you want to say, Lord, I, I don't believe that's the way you'd want it to be. Please sort it out in Jesus' name. I think we, I think we stand now and sing, don't we? Are we going to do that? And um, So during communion today, uh, as usual, um, we come up the middle and bread and non-alcoholic wine and beyond uh, those with the non-alcoholic